skies smiling at me nothing but blue skies do I see blue birds singing a song nothing but blue birds all day long never saw the sun shining so bright never saw things going so right noticing the days hurrying by when you're in love my how they fly blue days all of them gone nothing but blue skies from now on this is rumble with michael moore it is episode 12, their final episode of our Blue Dots in a Red Sea series of mini podcasts that we've done now for 12 days, talking about how to win when you're blue and living in a red state. This series comes on the heels of our tremendous victory in November, where we all joined together to create a blue tsunami for the midterm elections, a blue tsunami that would halt the red wave that everyone was predicting. We had to listen to this for months, all during 2022, how the Republicans at the midterm elections were going to grab five of the Democratic seats in the Senate and defeat 60 Democrats to have 60 new seats in the House of Representatives. A red wave was predicted. And over and over and over again, all the pundits in the media and everybody saying the same old thing, and myself and a couple of others and hundreds of thousands of you felt differently. No way were we going to be drowned in a red wave. And sure enough, come November 8th, we put a stop to it. We erected a blue wall. We not only didn't lose a single seat in the Senate, which has not happened, by the way, where a sitting president always loses a seat or 10 in the Senate in the midterm elections, that hasn't happened for any party since 1934. Almost 90 years ago, you and I, we did that. The Republicans did not end up with a 60-seat majority in the House on Election Day. They have a 10-seat majority, which means you only need to flip five of them to block a vote, to be the majority, to vote our way. You have to believe there are at least four or five Republicans out of the 222 Republicans in the House that have some good sense, some common sense, or how about some survival sense? Because, as I've said, 18 of these Republicans got lucky and they won in congressional districts that Joe Biden won in 2020. So these are Democratic districts. They squeaked by and got in the House and they know that their goose is cooked come 2024. So they're going to have to pretend to be somewhat open-minded, somewhat liberal, and vote with the Democrats if they're going to win in a Democratic district. But look at how discombobulated the whole thing is. 15 ballots for them to elect their own speaker. That's not fighting with us. That's fighting amongst themselves. They're in the middle of their own civil war. And this discombobulation is going to benefit us greatly. It will slow them down. They'll be able to do less damage. But we've got everything else. We've got the White House. We've got the Senate. We won so many elections across the country in November where Democrats took over entire state governments 
where Democrats won in red districts, red towns, red counties. And that's why I decided, I thought, you know, we had this great victory. Why don't we try something even more challenging? Let's see if we can turn red into blue. Let's get our people elected next time in red districts. Let's go on offense. Let's stop playing defense. Let's stop the wimpy democratic response. You know, no, no, this is our country. And they have told us how much they hate this country and how much they wanted to destroy it. 121 election deniers, people who participated in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election, overthrow our government. They voted on the night of January 6, 2021 to not allow Joe Biden to take his rightful seat in the White House. They're still there in Congress. They've got to go. We need to play offense. And that's why I started this 12-episode series. So I thought the best way to, to wrap this up and to end it was I want to briefly go over what we've learned during this 12-episode series and what I'm proposing that we do with this information, with this momentum and these victories that we've had. And then I want to ask you, what do you think it would look like in your town, in your county, or in this country if we succeeded? What if the majority of this country really was represented and not gerrymandered out of existence? What would that look like? And my final question to wrap things up, could we handle it? Could we handle the joy of actually being in charge, really in charge, in charge as servants of the people, of being there for the people, the majority of this country, the vast majority that believes that the minimum wage needs to be above $7.25 an hour, the majority that believe in women's rights and especially their right to choose when it comes to their own reproductive health. The vast majority of Americans agree with us on nearly all the issues. There's no excuse for us to allow the Trumpsters and these election-denying Republicans to be running the show. So what have we learned? Well, again, we learned that we can elect people, Democrats, liberals, lefties, progressives, in red areas. It happened all over the country. We can get ballot proposals passed the people showed up to vote on election day and voted against attempts to ban abortion in two red states, Kentucky and Montana. Voters showed up in Nebraska, the deep red state of Nebraska, on election day in November and voted to increase the minimum wage by nearly 70%. I could go on and on. We can do more of this. I grew up in a red town and a you know, conservative Republican part of Genesee County where Flint is. And then I, as an adult later in life, moved to northern Michigan to a very red county where there were absolutely zero elected Democrats in any local government or anything. So I know how hard this is, but I and others where I've lived, I got elected to the Board of Education as an 18-year-old hippie. And when I moved to northern Michigan, a county that had four dues-paying Democrats now has over 400. Things change. We can change it. And the reason why is that you're not alone. You think you're alone. It feels like you're alone. You're, you're living in a county where 70% of the county voted for Trump. But that means 30% didn't. So 
that there's 30,000 people in your county. That means 10,000 voted for Biden in your red county. Come on. There's no reason to feel like the victim here. There's no reason to bemoan the fact that you live in Oklahoma or Tennessee or Utah. The mayor of Salt Lake City is a Democrat. Cities in Texas are run by Democrats. There are Democrats in every red state, and there are Democrats and liberals, progressives, that can get elected. You don't have to be a dues-paying member of the Democratic Party. I'm not. This is not about, oh, the Democrats are so great. We know the problem with the Democrats and how much they've let us down over the years. This started as a teenager. Lyndon Johnson, Vietnam War. Those of us who grew up in that era, we don't trust any party, including the Democrats. So while we, <laughs> we don't vote for Republicans, like a lot of you, don't miss the point here. The point is, is that we use the resources that we have. We have a two-party system now. Lots of people over the years say, oh, we need third party, we need third party. Well, we didn't make that happen. So quit saying it. In fact, we have a constitution set up to make sure that a third party candidate is not going to win. So we need to come up with other solutions. We can talk about that in the months to come. But for right now, we have to remove these Trumpsters. We have to remove the white supremacists, the insurrectionists. We have to use what's available to us to beat back the beast. And you have to stop feeling that you're alone. There are blue voters all around you. And the first thing you've got to do is identify and find the blue voters in your area and become friends and form a new group. If the Democrats aren't doing anything in your county, just take 10 friends to the next monthly meeting and you can take the Democratic Party over. And then you define the platform of your county Democrats. You're just using the name, you know, so the name exists. It's been around for a while. They've got a logo. It's a donkey. They got the stationery already printed. You know, you don't have to go through any of that stuff. It'll save a lot of meetings. And let me tell you something. When I say turn red into blue, you are not trying to convert a single Republican. You do not want to try and convert a single Trumpster. That will take up so much of your time and your energy, and it will depress you. You know, I, I once heard a, a writer, philosopher say, I, my life, I used to see myself as, you know, there were two tracks and I was on the train that was going in the right direction and the train would be coming on the other track going in the wrong direction. And I used to think it was my job to go out and stand on that other track and try to stop the train with all my might and to turn that train around so it would go in the right direction. And after decades of trying to do that, I learned that really all I accomplished was getting run over. And I realized then that my job was to stay on the train that I'm on, stay on that track. And as the train going in the wrong direction is passing by, look out the window into the window of the people on that train and you will see one or two or 10 people with a look on their face thinking, I wish I was on that other train. I don't like this train full of kooky people. I want to be, I want to be on the other train. And then I learned how to reach my hand out across over to the other track and pull them through the window and to come into our train. That's the job. That's the thing we can accomplish. 
How many hours do you have to convince them that JFK Jr. is not going to reappear on a certain day in the middle of some plaza? Don't stay away from all of that nonsense. You've got to let them go. You've already done this with your cousin, your uncle, your brother-in-law. You love them, but they've just gone off the rails. Lost souls. Bless them. Let them go. I'm asking you to approach the third of your county that voted for Biden. Find them. Find the people who are already Democrats. And then you've got the largest political party in your area, the non-voter party, because still 40 to 50% of Americans don't vote in most elections. All the studies have shown the majority of the non-voters, when they're asked, well, if you had to vote, how would you vote? The majority of the non-voters take the liberal position. They side with the Democrats. So if they're siding with the Democrats in their heads, but they don't want to vote for Democrats, your job is to get them to the polls, to convince them, no, this time you got to put that aside for these next few years. We've got serious work to do. So yeah, we have work to do, but it's not that hard because remember, you don't have to convince the majority of these people. Go down the whole damn list. They believe in paid family leave. The majority of Americans believe college should be free. Every poll, every study shows we are in the majority. And that means in your red county, in your red town, you've got a few hundred or a few thousand people that already agree with you, but they just don't vote. And you just need to get out there and organize. And that's what I'm, I propose then also in these podcasts. I'm proposing that you form your own group, your own blue group. And once you do that, one of the first things you need to start doing is not politics. It's being a good neighbor. Convince a Democrat in town who's got maybe an empty storefront or an office or whatever and establish visibility. We are the Democratic Party of Red Snake County. Let's hang a sign out on the window. Democratic headquarters. It'll freak a lot of people out because they've never seen a Democratic headquarters in this red town. But there you are. And then what you need to do is not be pushing politicians right away. You need to say, we're here for you. The main thing we want to tell you, residents of Red Snake County, is that we are here for you. And when you need help, you call the Democrats. If your kids need a winter coat, we're going to have a winter coat drive every year. If your car slides off the road and goes into a ditch, and of course you don't have the money to afford insurance or AAA, the, you know, get the free towing and all that, Call the Democratic Party headquarters. Get a phone number they can remember. Yes, you're going to have to pull some money together, but get a cheap online phone and phone number. Let the people of the town know that you're there to help them. Set up a tutoring program where the local Democrats are here to help tutor your kids if they need any help with math or history or whatever. Start attending the governmental meetings. Wear your Democratic button or your liberal button, your progressive, whatever button you've got. Just go there be visible, let them see that Democrats exist, and you're there to report back to your group what they're doing this month with the school board. Sometimes you may have to stand up and speak because some crazy stuff gets said, and you've got to stand up there and counteract it. Too much stuff gets said at these meetings by crazy right-wingers, and nobody ever counters it. Then the people who are the elected officials up on the board are thinking, oh, this is how the people feel. No, you've got to let them know that that's not how the people feel. Some people feel that way not the people. Other suggestions I had, get a sister city in a blue state. 
And if you're in a blue state or a blue town, find a place on the map, a red city, a red town, a red county, and make them your sister county. Help them. Talk to them. Communicate with them. Have Zoom meetings with them. Have a potluck over Zoom. Go visit them. Let them come visit you. Share ideas. How did you get that 18-year-old hippie elected to the school board? If we start communicating like this and we have the technology and the means to communicate, you can start your own online paper without having to print a newspaper. You can start doing your own investigative reporting on what's going on locally. What if the people in the town, especially the non-voters who lean your way, start to see that you're telling them things that they never heard because the, the local media is either gone or it's just a bunch of fluff? Think about that. Think of what they're going to start to think about you. Think about how they're going to vote for Democrats because they're going to know the Democrats are the ones that put a, a winter coat on my kid. The Democrats are the ones who helped my kid pass that history test. The Democrats, that's how I learned about how our water here in town is not safe. Ballot proposals. The success of that in the last couple of elections here to outlaw gerrymandering. We can vote on that in half the states. You don't have to wait for the legislature to outlaw it. Why would they outlaw it? That's They got elected because of gerrymandering. You can get the signatures, you can get these on the ballot, and you can outlaw it like we did in Michigan. Watch the documentary, Slay the Dragon. That documentary will show you how to get a ballot proposal passed and how you can eliminate gerrymandering and voter suppression. And when you put on good ballot proposals like that, that, that legalize marijuana or raise the minimum wage, Watch how many people come out to vote that are on our side that don't usually vote. But when they can pass a law, they show up to vote. And while they're in the booth, they'll vote for some of our candidates. We're going to get people elected in red areas because of these ballot proposals. And really, really important, you need to have a recruitment committee to find the right candidates to run before the 2024 election, which means you got to do it in 2023. Find beloved people in your community. Don't just go with the same old, same old politician types. You know the high school football coach. He's a decent guy. Politically, he's good. Why not ask him to run? What about the, the, the Girl Scout leader that is in charge of the Girl Scouts in your county? They love her. Ask her to run. The woman who, who set up the soup kitchen, the food bank, People that have done good things, they should also run for office. They're going to vote for them because they know they've done good for the community. And feeding people shouldn't be a partisan political thing. Putting a coat on a cold kid should not be a partisan thing. They just will know that it wasn't the Republicans that helped them and their family. It was the Democrats. It was the Democrats that when they found out at the local Piggly Wiggly or whatever grocery store you have, that the women there are being paid a dollar less an hour than the men. As I told you on one of the episodes here, when Billy Bob found out that his wife, who works the cash register at the grocery store, makes a dollar hour less than the man working in the aisle next to her, doing the same job. When he found that out, he did the math. He was like, wait, a dollar, that's $40 less a week we're being cheated out of. What would this family do if we have 40 extra dollars a week times 52 weeks, that's over $2,000. What family wouldn't benefit from $2,000 extra dollars simply by paying women the same as men? And the people in town are going to remember you're the ones that did that. 
I know, but I'm not a Democrat, but I agree with what the Democrats done. <laughs> All the stuff I've done in this in this red area that I live in, I've now moved in. There's a little, there's a town that's the county seat. I know, I know it's a blue town. So I live in this little blue town and surrounded in my own red by my own red sea. And I've and I and others we've done all these good things for the town and started a film festival and a whole bunch of other wonderful things that as liberal progressive lefty types that we've done. And I can't tell you how many people will stop me on the street, especially even Republican types will say, Well, more I'll tell you. I don't agree with you politically. I'm not a Democrat. I sure like what you've done for this town, though. I'll smile and I'll say, well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say that. But I just want you to know that, you know, the reason that I'm probably doing these good things for the town, it's because of my politics. It's because of what I believe in. It's because of my values. That You can't separate that out. So I know it, it probably feels good for you to have to swallow the fact that I'm not, a, I'm not the devil but I believe that you know, if you give me two seconds of your time, I'll give you a couple of examples of what else we can do here to make things better, to stop the sewage going into Lake Michigan. You know, oh, so many things we could do, the things that we stand for on our side of the political fence. And it's not because we're Democrats. I'm not a Democrat in that sense. I'm not, you know, but I vote for Democrats. I caucus with the Democrats. <laughs> So run the right people, run beloved people in town that people love. People love these people. And of course they would vote for them if they saw their name on a ballot. But don't be afraid anymore. Don't be afraid to, to take a stand. And imagine, imagine what is it going to look like in this red county? Like, what if we actually did all this? What if we got some people elected? In that red county I talked to you about that I... I lived 10 years in in northern Michigan. This past November, three of the townships turned blue in this red county. They'd never voted for a Democrat before. And they and in this in this election, the midterm election in November, three of the townships in my red county voted for Gretchen Whitmer, the Democrat for governor, state of Michigan, and the Democrat for secretary of state. They're still talking about it. They can't. People still cannot believe that three of the townships turned blue. It's happened all over the country in November. They haven't covered it much on the news because we don't have the media that we used to have. They, it's been decimated. They don't have the reporters. So you don't, we don't hear about a lot of stuff. But imagine if we did more of this. What if in the next election... We tripled what we did in this election. Think about this. Think about what it would look like. What would life be like? And my last question, could we handle it? <laughs> could we handle the joy of actually holding the reins and steering the country in a direction that benefits everyone? What would it be like if we didn't have to worry about the white supremacists ruling the day here. Isn't that the place where you want to live? That's where I want to live. And I think we have a good chance of doing it. 
The majority are already with us on the issues. It's up to us to run the right people, get them elected, and pass legislation, including on the ballot with ballot proposals. If we do that, we are going to have a much better situation in this country. And the road ahead, especially for our kids and our grandkids, is going to be a better road. I really appreciate you joining with me during these 12 episodes of the discussion that's taken place, the emails you've sent me, the comments that you've made, the voicemails you've left me. Incredible. And so moving to me, and it's just charged me up, and I can't wait to do even more of this. You know, we're so busy trying to get this podcast out every day. We've done this pretty much every day. We had to deal with what was going on in Congress here last week, but uh, since Christmas Day, and we haven't had time to do transcripts and post them so you could read this. Not everybody, you know, listens to podcasts, but I want to encourage you, if, if you've just come to this podcast for the first time, to come back. To become a free subscriber on my Substack, there's a thing where you can subscribe right here. You just click on it. It'll ask you if you want to be a paid subscriber, but you don't have to be because I don't have a paywall. It's all free. The paid subscription is if you just want to help support uh, the cause here. You know, it does cost money to uh, do what we do, but I'm cool. I just want you listening to the podcast and reading these Substack columns that I send out every week. But sign up, give a gift subscription to your good family members that are stuck in these red areas. So because we haven't had a chance to put transcripts up with these, I'm going to try to figure out how to do a little, uh, like a quickie book called Blue Dots in a Red Sea and put this out digitally. Maybe I'll approach my publisher or whatever. I love the little pamphlet type books or the or that little book uh, Timothy Snyder did on tyranny, things like that. I think it's good to have the written word to what we've been talking about and where you can see the blueprint, you can read the strategy, you can share it with others. And I still believe in the, the printed word in books. So if I can somehow finagle a way to turn this into a quick book and a digital book, I'm going to do that. So stay tuned for that. I'll, you'll hear about this hopefully in the next uh, month or so. And again, thank you for being part of this. Thank you for everything you did leading up to the election in November. All of us together building that blue wall when everybody said we couldn't do it. All the pundits, everybody, even liberals on TV, bemoaning the fact that we were going to get our ass kicked. Oh, man, it's time to rise out of that kind of thinking and that despair. Know the country that you live in. Yes, there's a lot of crazies. Yes, 73 million people voted for Trump. <laughs> if you've got 73 million people and a lot of them have guns, that's not a good feeling. I get it. You're listening to this from another country. You're thinking, Mike, Mike. Yeah, but there's 333 million in this country, not 71 million. Majority of the people wanted him gone. They didn't want him the first time. They wanted Hillary. She won by 3 million votes, but we don't have a true full democracy yet. And we talked about that on these podcasts of how we've got to get rid of the Electoral College. We've got to get rid of the filibuster. We've got to make gerrymandering a crime. And we're going to do all of that. The people have had it. My special, special thanks uh, to my uh, producer and my editor, Angela Vargas. Thanks, everyone. I hope the new year is already doing well for you. And if not, 
I'm here. I'm with you. I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate the love that you're sharing with other people. I am weirdly optimistic right now. And I hold my hand out to you and ask you to join me. Let's start the next phase of this. Let's go on offense. Let's go into these red parts of the country and let's get a number of our fellow blue people elected and save our democracy such as it is and make it better. Come on, we can do this. We are doing it. This is Michael Moore. 